Thank you for joining us today for a very important episode number 174. Today's episode is brought to you by two very close friends of our podcast and our sponsors since the earliest days. Both Elation Professional and Act Entertainment own market leadership and their innovators. Both will introduce new products this year at LDI, and I'm asking you to show all of your support to both Act Entertainment and to Elation Professional. Hello there, and uh, I've got to tell you a quick story. So this episode took a really strange turn today. Uh, It was actually originally recorded yesterday, and for the second time now in 174 episodes, the recording was lost. Um, This time, it wasn't operator error like it was last time, uh, but instead it was due to an equipment failure. And uh, so, yes, last time it was operator error. I remember it perfectly. It was Eric Loader's first recording with us and his 50th birthday. And he had to record it twice because I lost the first one because I sort of forgot to hit the record button. Actually, what actually happened was I hit it twice. I hit it and started recording. Then I didn't realize I'd started recording. So I started recording again. In fact, I actually shut off the recording. Uh, so this time, yeah, we had both our recording device and our backup recording device, uh, corrupted. And I tried for hours yesterday to recover the recording. Um, and I wasn't able to, and sadly for you on yesterday's recording, uh, we had a really great chat with a group of industry leaders, um, discussing an incredibly important new idea called the Entertainment Association. And that's what today's podcast is going to be about. I want to give you some information, some of which was shared yesterday. Uh, the group was Michael Strickland, myself, uh, Ellen Lampert from LDI, Seth Jackson, and um, Nathan Alves. And I believe that was it. So it was five of us talking about the Entertainment Association and... Um, really just talking about the fact that we have no representation uh, in Congress, in the government in general. And as Michael loves to put it, uh, the airline and restaurant uh, industries were showing up in battleships and our industry showed up in a bunch of canoes. And so the point is lots of individual voices not a collective voice and not a very loud voice when it comes to the government um, hearing our problems as an industry. So we were completely looked past and certainly a part of our industry was covered uh, by the SVOG and uh, uh, but much of it wasn't. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. And again, I just want to go over some of the things we did discuss yesterday on the unfortunate podcast that you won't hear, but um uh, I'm going to be doing it by myself and I'd love for you to share this podcast because I think it's very important. It's a very important bit of information that is very, uh, you know, it's hugely uh, beneficial to all of us as an industry. And so 
This thing that we've been working on uh, really is kind of a combined effort of a bunch of people, myself and Michael, in discussions. Seth got involved fairly early on, certainly Ellen through uh, LDI and the organization that owns LDI, um, and really all of us just saying the same things, that uh, first and foremost, we just don't have a very loud voice. We don't have a uh, combined unified voice that gets us anywhere when you get to Washington and even at the state level. And why is that? So why do we need an organization? Why do we need this thing that we're now calling the Entertainment Association? And it's a great question. And um, so to answer that, I would say first and foremost, we have no PAC. And so a PAC is a political activation, political action committee political activation. Anyways, what it is, is it's money. Pack, a pack is money. Um, you know, typically it's on one or the other of the two main parties, but in this situation, we'd be talking more about a lobbying pack. And so it's a collection of money that is being used for a political reason. And, um, I'll get a little bit more into that later, but really, uh, you know, the bottom line is that we need that to pay for number two, which is a lobby. We have no lobby. We don't have someone with connections in Washington who is going there and making things happen for us as an industry. And in order to do that, you need money. And the other thing you need money for, so where a lot of that PAC money goes is towards something that I hate you know, I said it to Michael, I said it to the folks on the call yesterday, I'd rather pile my money up on the floor and light it on fire than pay it to the government. However, in this case, if you don't pay it to the government, they never listen to you. So what happens is when something ends up on someone's desk, call it Nancy Pelosi, call it whoever, it could be just a, a state government official, a representative, um, one of the first things they look at is how much money have these people given me? And so when they see that you, your company, your group, whatever, hasn't paid them any money, they kind of look away. And uh, it's a bit disgusting, but it's true. It's how it all works. So, you know, the, the, the grease gets you something. And so in order to get their attention, we do have to pay these people. And so um, we discussed yesterday really what number of people. It might be as many as 100 people. Uh, it might be 150 people that we decide we have to pay. And then you decide how much you have to pay them. So is that $1,000 a year? Is that $5,000 a year? And so based on that information, you start deciding on how much money you really need to raise for this pack. And if it does nothing more than just pay these people uh, to get you action, then you've succeeded. And so um, a lot of people think the Entertainment uh, Association should be much more than that. And probably, ultimately, it will be much more than that. Ultimately, it will probably manage things like health insurance and, uh, you know, so that we can be able to provide to touring professionals and gig workers. We can provide health insurance and other things that you'd like to see them able to get from an association like this. But initially, at least the main goal would be to get the attention of Washington to turn our thousand canoes into a battleship and to at least have that sort of seat at the table and to have a lobby in place as well so that 
Um, when something is important to us, it's not just kicked aside all the time. And I mean, a great example is how hard uh, Michael and a group of others have worked on this music act. And, you know, this music act really is just a way to unlock some of that SVOG money that was left over. And, you know, as you probably are aware, SVOG paid for a very small group of individuals uh, to do very well. And these were venue owners and operators, and um, they collected money in, in the way of grants that they don't have to pay back. And in many cases, those companies didn't even need that money. Like they were owned by, by very rich individuals who uh, have done even better as a result of it. So um, good on them, you know, but we didn't get anything. And so I know a lot of guys who went out of business, girls who went out of business. I know uh, touring people who were extremely financial, uh, financially ruined really through COVID and not only had to take on a lot of debt, but they had to sell things, sell houses, sell cars, sell businesses, you know. And so um, that lobby will help get us at least in line, maybe not to the front of the line, but it'll get us in line. It'll get us heard. And the other thing that I knew nothing about was this, uh, uh, and I don't even know how to say it, but NACE code, N-A-I-C-S code. And what that stands for is North American Industry Classification System. And so what this code does is basically anytime you as an industry reach out to these politicians, one of the things they will look at is this code because it tells them what uh, total revenue you represent. What number are you uh, as an industry? Are you a million dollar industry? Are you a billion dollar industry? Are you a hundred billion dollar industry? What are you? What is your size? And it's a standard, um, it's a statistical standard used in classifying businesses and um, internally they use it for uh, you know to to basically learn more about the economy to understand the economy better but you know politicians use this really to figure out how much juice you've got and if I get a win for this industry how big is that win what can I go out in a press release can I say that we saved a billion dollar industry a hundred billion dollar industry or is it tiny and it doesn't really matter and again it's a little bit disgusting when you think of it but in reality this is what they're looking for they're looking for bigger wins uh, so for themselves not necessarily for us but for themselves and um, so bottom line is why the Entertainment Association is really because we're not prepared. Uh, we're not prepared for this happening again. And, um, you know, if it were to happen again, our industry could easily be on the ropes, especially, you know, if there's something catastrophic to the level of COVID that happens again and, uh, you know, I know many, many companies and, and maybe even as an industry, we wouldn't survive. But I know a lot of companies that would just tap out instantly, even if if there were just another surge in covid to a level where we had to start shutting down and concerts were stopped again. I know people that would tap out immediately and just say, that's it. I'm done because they spent their uh, a lot of people spent their entire life savings, keeping their business alive the first time. And so they've sort of recovered a little bit of that over the last 12 months, but not all of it. And while 
they have a little bit of money in the bank. They're not going to just go and put all that money back into saving their business yet another time. So um, they'll just tap out. Others won't even have an option. They won't be able to survive. And so survival won't even be, you know, on the table. It's just like, hey, to survive as a human, as a family, we need to let this business die because otherwise it's going to drag us down with it. Um, And so what are some of those examples of things that could be devastating, large enough, impactful enough to shut us down or to destroy us as an industry. So it certainly could be another health issue, something at the level of a COVID or even just a perceived health issue like monkeypox. And if you think of how heavily the media and some of the government officials pushed monkeypox, you know, I know lots of people who got vaccines for monkeypox, and I won't go into gory details, but most of us won't get monkeypox. <laughs> you know, there, there's just not an opportunity for most of us to get monkeypox. We won't get it. Uh, just like we won't get other diseases that, you know, are primarily lifestyle uh, diseases. And so I'm not being political in saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, chances are you're not going to get monkeypox. Chances are you're not going to drown if you don't go in water. Um, so, you know, it is a, a, it's an occupational hazard of a certain lifestyle. And um, so, but, you know, look at how hard that got pushed. I know a lot of people who got scared and went and got uh, vaccines against mon- monkeypox. Um, an energy emergency, you know, and, and, uh, we've certainly sort of toyed with that when you saw gas prices go from $2 up to six or $7 or whatever it was on a national level. Maybe it didn't get that high. I don't know, but, um, an energy emergency could certainly cause us severe problems, a security issue, uh, or a threat of war. And it's not that hard to imagine war when you look at this Russia thing, Russia and and Ukraine and threats of nuclear war and all of the things that are surrounding that. And, um, you know, people worried about Trump with his finger on the button. Think about people with absolutely nothing to lose in countries like Russia or Iran or uh, etc. You know, some of these people don't have any of the filters or sort of stop gaps that we have in our country. And so, you know, it's not that hard to imagine this thing erupting into a either world war or a nuclear war. And um, <clears throat> let's face it, concerts become less important at that point. And certainly uh, any kind of global touring or global industry is going to become less a thing. Um, a societal issue. And again, look at Iran, look at what's going on in Iran. It's terrible to see what's happening right now, but it reminds me of, you know, China uh, 30 years ago or whatever. Um, But if something like that were to impact the U.S., the U.K., uh, you know, some of the countries that are so critical to our industry, that's going to have a massive impact on our, our business. And you know, what about the stuff we don't even see or think about at this point? Like it could be something even worse than COVID. We don't know. But the bottom line is we're not prepared. And um, remember just how unessential our industry becomes and how unessential we became so early on in COVID. Like we were shut down before anyone. We were kept shut down longer than anyone. 
you know, nobody cared about concerts when you can't put more than four people in a room together. So, you know, our business finds a way of becoming very unimportant very quickly. We're not hospitals. We're not rocket science. We're not, you know, we're not creating food or, or energy or any of the things that are vital for life. We're just creating entertainment. And, um, I think that's vital. A lot of people would think that's vital, but I think at the end of the day, the government may not. And, uh, and that's problematic for us. And, um, so yeah, you know, one of the other things I want to discuss quickly is the, the, uh, long-term impact that COVID has brought, uh, to us as an industry. So many companies are gone now and I know a lot of them. I, think you all know that I talk to a lot of people. I consult for a lot of companies. I get involved in a lot of other businesses. And so I'm talking at an intimate level with a lot of these people about their financials, about their challenges, about their debt load, uh, about their inability to to obtain credit now. Um, these are real issues for real companies in our industry, many of whom have been around for a long, long time. And this is kind of a big deal. And so a lot of companies are gone and a lot who are still here are in such bad shape that again, they can't get credit. Uh, they can't buy gear. So they're, they're keeping all of their old stuff and trying to keep that working, which right now is working okay because people will take whatever they can get. Hey, I need, uh, you know, the new Ayrton Domino. Well, I've got these, uh, you know, VL 3500s. Will that work? And, uh, in many cases it does. And, you know, certainly there are some acts that are going to demand something and they get that. But when not everybody does Taylor Swift or, or Justin Bieber, uh, you know, some companies are relying on, you know, the little gig down the road still or whatever. Um, so, you know, that even the companies who are still remaining, not everyone is a solo tech or four wall or PRG. Many of them are smaller companies who are relying on their local bank or, you know, the local industry or whatever. And those companies are hurting. And one of the biggest challenges I think that COVID created is this loss of people. And Every industry reports that they have labor challenges, but our industry, I think, again, more so than others, was really, really heavily impacted. And so one of the big things that happened, obviously, is in COVID, a lot of people changed jobs, changed careers because they couldn't travel, they couldn't tour, and they needed to feed their family or feed themselves. And so they either went and got jobs at Amazon warehouses or delivering stuff or they changed careers altogether and they're now in the insurance business or they're in the automotive business or they're in whatever business that they chose to go into. <clears throat> and I've heard all kinds of stories of, of just, you know, career shifts after 40 years or 30 years in the touring business. And then the other thing is a lot of people chose to retire. They said, hey, I've got, you know, a half a million dollars, 250000 saved up, whatever it is, I had to spend spend, you know, 50,000 for the first six or 12 months of COVID just to survive out of my savings. And then I said, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to invest this money properly. I'm going to, um, I'm going to retire. You know, I'm 60 years old. I've been in the business a long time. It's been good to me, but at this point it's no longer good to me. And being at home for six or 12 months has made me realize that I don't want to travel anymore. 
And so they retired. And I, we all know many, many people that that happened to. And, you know, then worse, like I know people who took their lives, you know, and uh, we talked yesterday about a particular uh, situation that happened over the weekend that I kind of watched happen live. And I'm not going to say who it was, but there's an individual in our industry who um, basically was killing himself live on Facebook, not Facebook live, but he was posting messages saying, you know, it's bad. I don't belong anymore. You know, I've become a problem. I'm a problem. I'm this, I'm that. I'm just going to go now. And um, so, you know, and everyone was messaging back saying, does anyone know where he is? Can we go find him? Where is he? Let's, let's go save him. Let's figure this out. And his messages were just getting darker and darker. And then ultimately he took a whole bunch of pills and drank a bottle of vodka and, um, fortunately someone did find him. I think he was on a beach or something. And, um, you know, while he was still able to be saved, they got him to the hospital and got him help and he survived. But I mean, everyone said he was dead at one point that he had done it. He had committed suicide. And I mean, I was just sad and it's not even some, someone I know. Well, I think I've met him twice or something. Um, but it was so sad because I felt like I just went through this crazy journey with him and saw the end of it. And then thank God the next day, uh, someone reported that he had in in fact survived and was recovering. So, you know, these are real things that COVID created and, or expanded like this guy, maybe he had some other problems that COVID just kind of came and put some fuel on a problem that already existed. But you know, I don't need to tell you guys, there's so many stories. One of the things about our industry, we're storytellers. And so the stories being told are, are insane and, and, uh, just huge, bigger than, bigger than any other industry that I can think of. Um, so what problem, uh, so first of all, you know, one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast is because we are announcing this entertainment association as a seed of an idea. This isn't like a, a completed program. This isn't we're launching a an association. Come sign up. It's none of that. It's it's a seed of an idea. It's going to be done. It's got to be done. So it's going to be done. And um I think we're looking not only for people to present ideas and um, to to become aware of it. So this is certainly an awareness campaign, but we're also looking for uh, leadership for people who say, yes, this is something that I really want to get involved and be a part of. And um, because, you know, one of the things I know firsthand from the We Make Events thing is that if no one is able to completely dedicate their time and energy and passion towards something, it'll fizzle out. And that's what happened with We Make Events, at least here in North America, was, you know, first of all, being headed by a guy like me who does 50 other things, it's not going to succeed unless someone else grabs the reins. And other people did, uh, Brad Nelms being the, the most uh, notable, I guess. But he had a job as well. And at the time, he wasn't working for my company, GearSource. Today, he is. But, um, you know, he had a job. He had to work. And everyone else was going back to work. So people were becoming less and less interested. So at some point, this thing is going to need people involved and, and leadership involved. But it's also going to need um, money 
And so money is going to immediately be put into uh, the hands of lobbyists and of politicians who can help make things happen. And it's not payola. It's being paid into their campaigns and their, you know, little pet things that they're doing and stuff. It's not just to grease their pockets or something like that. Um, and so, you know, that's really what's going to be happening. So we're kicking it off with this panel at LDI and, uh, I apologize. I don't have the exact information, but I think that the panel is at three thirty or three o'clock on Friday at the LDI show and it's, um, you know, the, the stage, which I can't remember the name of, but it's got some special name and it's right in the middle of the show floor next to the circle bar. So, uh, LDI last year recreated the circle bar. Pretty cool thing. Everyone's hanging out there. It's being made by Andrew Gumper again, who, you know, is the genius behind all the mega structures and mega stages and stuff. And, um, so we will have this panel, which will be myself, uh, Michael Strickland, Seth Jackson, Nathan Alves, and um, Ellen. And uh, uh, it's going to be a combination of us just discussing similar things to what I've discussed today, but at much greater detail, with much greater detail, but also a Q&A and getting people involved in the discussion. I believe we're also going to have um, two other people. Uh, I think it's Robin from Upstaging and Marty Hom. Uh, you know, production manager for the biggest acts out there. So those uh, individuals will also be on the panel. So, I mean, it's going to be a very, very good discussion, a very important discussion. I think um, you need to get involved. If you're listening to this, you're part of our industry, you need to get involved unless uh, you're part of my family. Hi, mom. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, everyone in our industry should find a way to get involved, whether it's just through direct sponsorship, which I as a company intend to do, as well as everyone else who's going to be on the panel, we will all be financially supporting this thing. Um, but find other ways to get involved as well. This is going to help us not be in this position ever again, ever, ever, ever. And so we don't want everyone just to lose all of that energy that we all had in 2020 when things were really pretty dark and, and bad. Uh, we want to keep a constant reminder that this can happen again. And let's position ourselves with a battleship, not with a canoe. And so very, very important. So our goals really are to create awareness, plant the seed of, of this idea, uh, begin to discuss a pack. If nothing else, uh, let's get one in place uh, because that solves a lot of problems and gets, gets their attention, the people who can make a difference for us. Because believe it or not, our lives are controlled by, I don't remember the exact number, I think it's 467 people between uh, Congress and the Senate and the, the uh, president and vice president and et cetera, um, governors. Uh, so... You know, it 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 uh, this pack will get money into the hands of people that can make a difference, and you know, they they look at this number. So we need to make sure that this NAICS code or NACE code, uh, we have a unified code because right now, and I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but part of the problem is we all have different codes, and no one knew this until we started filling out the forms to get. Uh, these SVOG applications in, which we all got turned down for, or a very, very large percentage of us got turned down for um, because we're not venue operators. But anyways, 
what one of the things we realized nobody knew that they even had such a code and nobody knew what their code was and so everybody had different codes so we go in with like you know 400 different codes or something in our industry yet the airline and restaurant industry regardless of whether you're a, a fast food restaurant or a fine dining restaurant they were all going in with the same codes and so their industry looks larger because they're taking a bigger sample of the industry. They're taking a bigger collection of all the businesses instead of 5% over here, 3% over here, 12% over here. And that's how our business has lined up under these codes. So we need to make sure to get that straight. That's one of the big things that we need to do. So anyways, you know, it's a campaign. It's a seed being planted. This is the beginning. It's not the end. Um, and just keep in mind what could happen in the future if we don't do something, you know, if, if we don't tackle this problem and if we don't set up this, uh, entertainment association and get people involved and get people passionate about it and make sure that, uh, uh, you know, everyone is doing everything that they can to continue to, you know, gather our voices and get us together because you know what happens and and it happened so everyone was desperate everyone was was anxious everyone was pretty stressed out about all of this and therefore people were very passionate about finding solutions and we saw that with we make events when we lit up the buildings and then we saw that passion kind of falling off and then you see it drop completely when everybody's back to work you know as soon as the minute people started getting shows again I could tell too, because my week, weekly Zoom calls started going down from 100 to 70 to 60 to 40 to 30. And, um, you know, once people are back to work, they don't need that sort of union anymore. And, but this is exactly when we need it. This is exactly when we need to put it together to make sure that we're not in that position again. So I apologize that there's only one of me today instead of five, like there were on the call yesterday, but I did want to make sure and get this message out, please on Friday. I think it's at three or three 30, uh, in the afternoon on Friday at the stage, uh, next to the circle bar on the show floor, join us for this TEA, uh, the entertainment association panel discussion, and I think it's an incredibly important topic, uh, probably equally important to anything else out there right now. So thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you to our sponsors, both Act Entertainment and Elation Professional. We appreciate you very much. And I hope everyone has an incredible day, week, month, year. I'll see you at LDI. You're always still my 
sweet.